From the Thai Cats Audio Network, this is Thai Cats Today with Braden Neville. On today's show, multiple Tie Cats are on this week's CFL Honor Roll, and we hear from James Butler and Casey Sales. Coach O discusses how much we could see Bo Levi Mitchell play this weekend, and we get to know one of the newest additions to the Tie Cats, Jamal Davis. It's Wednesday, October 4th, 2023, and you're listening to Tie Cats today. The Tie Cats were back at practice today for day two of the weekend. It was a spicy one out there today. I'm not complaining. I like the hot weather, so I'll take as many of these days as I can get, especially now that we're in October. feels more like August, but like I said, I don't mind. A couple Ticats heated up in the game against the Stamps and were awarded for their efforts by the CFL as members of the CFL Honor Roll. James Butler won yet again another honor as the highest-rated running back, and we will hear from him in just a little bit. This is the third time this season he got the honor, and he's also inching closer and closer to that 1,000-yard rushing mark for the second straight season. Brandon Revenberg was the top-rated O-lineman with a 75.4 rating, Always efficient, especially in these advanced analytics, and it's a guy we've been used to seeing on that honor roll. Casey Sales added another honor to his resume, and he's been outstanding for the Ticats this season and came in as the top-rated D lineman with the 79.4. Coach O spoke about those guys getting recognition and more following today's practice. Well, we talk about Casey every week internally. It's, uh, I think it's just that he's finally getting some recognition on the outside. He's... Uh, just turn the tape on. If you're actually watching the tape, you know, and that's not a slight to any other D lineman. He's just been, he's a pro. Uh, he's, you know, he fits right in. He's not the most vocal guy, but he has fun. Uh, players, his teammates, everybody around him respect him. He's just been a not just a welcomed addition, but um, he he's pulled more than his his weight here so with us so far. James Butler's approaching a milestone that hasn't been done here since Cobb did it in 2010, and that's a thousand yards rushing. Has he come as advertised as well? I mean, it's it kind of goes without saying, but what have you really seen from him, and especially over this last stretch here? Same thing as Casey. He's a pro. Comes to work every day. Uh, he's assimilated nicely to our environment, our culture, and added value to it. You know, the same way Casey has, and he just works hard. And when when players like that get rewarded and recognized, I'm not surprised. I know the first thing is they don't do it for that. They're, they want to play football. They sign up for a team sport. They want to win. Um, you know, we're, we're grateful and happy that they chose us, but they've they've produced. And I think the cool thing about, you know, Butler and, and Casey alike is they're not satisfied. Yeah, sure, they may be happy with some of their performances, but they come to work. They play through pain. I can't say enough great things about uh, either one of them. And so the fact that Butler, you know, will achieve the 1,000 yards and it hasn't been done, yeah, that's something to back to re- or something to reflect on at the end of the season and whatnot. But uh, he's the ultimate team guy. Back to Coach O in just a second. But if you can remember all the way back to yesterday, Bo Levi Mitchell is back at practice. It was the big news. It's the news around the CFL. And Coach touched on his status today. Yeah, and I just reflect on on yesterday first. Extremely accurate. Uh, the the other stuff just comes natural. Control of the huddle, the tempo, holding people accountable, him holding himself accountable, uh, accepting coaching, uh, meeting. All those things are, have never left. Uh, but I thought he was extremely accurate yesterday. Uh, today, you know, it's a different emphasis. You know, it's not as much first and ten. We're on sec on to second down. 
And so, um, you know, less explosions and whatnot, but a lot of moving the sticks today. And, again, we're sharing reps, too. So it's not like he's in a flow the whole time. You know, I thought Matt's done a great job also. But, yeah, pleased with Bo's progress. Yeah, I think it's small. But, they're, they're, you know, I'm never going to say not. He'll, he'll likely suit. Um, again, we're just not rushing anything at, at this point in time. But you have to get live reps, right? And that's hard to do during the regular season. Uh, and try to. It's hard to get two quarterbacks prepared, but this is a direction we decided to go. And um, we talked to the quarterback room. There, everybody's well aware of uh, what could happen. Any any three of them could be up, and you know. And then we'll decide here after day three. To sit there and say that you know you wouldn't rather have like you know is is Bo going to do a lot of running once he comes back? No, I mean Schultz is probably going to do a little bit more of that. You know, Loxley brings a certain thing to the table. Taylor brings a certain. Uh, skill set to the table so I think it's just about making sure they're prepared and comfortable with the plays that they may run uh, if they enter the game. That was Coach O. I mentioned James Butler being on this week's honor roll yet again but at this point it's almost expected he's the guy who's going to be on that honor roll or at least very close but James Butler is looking to do something next game that hasn't been done in Hamilton since 2010 and that was by then running back DeAndre Cobb and that's have 1,000 yards rushing so it's actually wild to think it's been that long but JB needs 58 yards in order to hit the milestone and spoke today about potentially doing that in Saskatchewan and getting honored yet again. Honestly, I was a little surprised. You know what I'm saying? I watch, I watched Brady's game and I thought he went crazy, so it was cool. But uh, but obviously it's it's a, it's a cool uh, graphic that my mama can post on on Facebook. And you're approaching a milestone that's that's pretty big and something you've done before. Well, last year you did it, but you're approaching a thousand yards. But that hasn't been done here in Hamilton since 2010. Is that something that you set your sights on at the beginning of the season? A goal that you're you felt that you could reach again? Um, I I love to set my goals super 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 high. You know, I, I set crazy goals last year. I was able to hit them. I set crazy even bigger goals this year, and I'm and I'm still trying to trying to reach for them. So, just anytime I feel like. I'd rather set my goals crazy high and, and reach for that than, than, than set small goals. So, obviously, you know, I hope, hope we do it for the O-line and for everybody. And obviously, it's been a long time since there's been that here. So, you know, whatever we can do to make it happen. Well, Levi Mitchell made his return to the field uh, yesterday. Uh, how has it been getting him back out there and him both as a leader and as a player? It's good, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, he has that veteran presence that that, that, we, that we've kind of been missing for, for a while now, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, so much, you know, up and down, with, you know, with all the positions. But uh, it's always good to have him out there. You know, he's, he's, he's excited, positive energy, so we're excited. We just got to execute, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, this week we're, we've been like a lot, a lot on silent count. And just trying to all get on the same page. You know, every quarterback's cadence is a little bit different, so it's just working on silent count, working on our no huddle, our one word. So, just things of that nature. Just, just whatever we can to try to combat that noise. But to me, that's exciting. You know, what I'm saying that's how football's supposed to be played. I love playing the sash. You know, is is they're they're going to be loud. They're going to be excited. So it's going to be a great atmosphere. That was James Butler. Casey Sales was another one of those honor roll guys for the weekend. He's just been silently one of the biggest signings for the Ticats this year, doing his job night in and night out. Casey spoke about getting the honor and staying on task in this final three-game stretch. Uh, yeah, it's great to be noticed and everything, but um, yeah, I mean, D-line played well together, including the linebackers and secondary, kind of made it all uh, kind of work well together. So um, everyone around me really helped me out a lot on that, and uh, you know, just kind of got to keep going at the end of the day with the uh, last, three, last three games and uh, going in playoffs and um, hoping we can get that uh, home playoff game. So 
What's kind of your message with, with that group, and, and especially with only three games remaining, you're in a playoff push here. You've already clinched a spot, but you're looking to get that home field advantage. What's the message here in the room? Uh, just keep going. Um, you know, we got a bye week in, I think, two weeks or so. So um, right now, just kind of getting after it physically wise on the, on the field and, um, you know, staying in the weight room, staying healthy. That's kind of the biggest thing once you get to the stretch of the, the, uh, the um, you know, our schedule this type of, you know, time of the year. Um, just staying healthy, and you know, this is where a lot of the, the nicks and everything kind of started adding up. So, um, just kind of keep grinding, keep, keep your head down, and you know, keep getting after each week. So, those fans in Saskatchewan can get pretty rowdy. It's not the easiest play to, place to play on the road. You've had a lot of experience in your time in Winnipeg playing there, but what's it like playing as the road team in Saskatchewan, especially in a game that? means a lot in the terms of the playoff mix. Yeah, uh, it's not as bad as on defense, not as loud, obviously. So, uh, yeah, um, you know, being in Winnipeg the last two years, I know how loud it gets there when, uh, you know, our offense was was on the field. So it's a, it's a great environment, though. It's, it's, I mean, one of the best stadiums in the, in the CFL. So it's, I, I always have a fun time playing there. It's, um, you know, it's one of those cities that, you know, there's really not much to do realistically besides that. You know, coming from Nebraska, I know how Nebraska ball is the same type of thing. So, um, you know, the fans are all in there and, uh, um, you know, fans want them to win, you know, good or bad. You know, they're going to let them know. And, um, you know, I, I think they're, you know, a game or two away from playoffs and, you know, whatever it is. But, um, yeah, they're needing to win and, you know, they're willing to do anything to, you know, kind of get that, that W on their on their. Uh, schedule there. What can you say about their offense and that young quarterback and such a big quarterback? He's six yeah, seven, two forty five. But but going up against him and the rest of that offense. Yeah, um, you know he's had a few good games and um, you know, he's had some good plays you know that we've seen on film. So um, it's really just kind of doing our plays. You know, play at time and you know number one you know, as a D line and like I said before, it's you know stopping the run and going from there. They've got some good backs and uh, I know they've had a few uh, few nicks and injuries at O line, but you know same type of thing. Kind of week in week out, gotta gotta do that and stop that first and then kind of from there kind of get out of the pass rusher. But yeah, I think he's you know six eight, six seven. You know, like they like the bigger quarterbacks there it seems like. But uh, um, yeah, he's. He knows what he's doing. He's been in the NFL, so um, just gonna get got to do a play at a time and you know get after it. So, I mean, it's huge, man. If you can if you can get the quarterback's feet moving a little bit, even if it's just kind of a quick step this or that way, forward back, it's you know it's get him you know his eyes moving around a little bit more than um, you know off the wide receiver and have a, has a alignment kind of rush into his face, especially being a defensive tackle, um, my position. Um, sometimes those ends, you know, obviously you got a left side, you know, blind side tackle that uh, might not necessarily see, but especially when you get front pressure on some of the quarterbacks, you know, they might take a quick, quick peek and, you know, get off their wide receiver route or, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, but um, it's big. It's, um, you know, getting that frontal pressure, especially as a defensive tackle is going to be huge regardless of um, quarterback or not. I know he's, you know, six, seven, six, eight, like I said, and he can, you know, look over those guys a little bit easier than most, but um, he's still going to feel that a little bit. And, uh, um, yeah, just at the end of the day, just got to kind of keep it getting after it. That was Casey Sales, one of the newest tie cats. Jamal Davis had a solid first game for the team on Saturday night, and his first tackle as a tie cat just happened to be a sack. So talk about making a good first impression. I wanted to get to know the newest tie cat when we sat down today. Man, well, I fell in love with the sport of football when I was eight years old. I used to, uh, you know, play in the yard with my two brothers. I got an older brother and a little brother, so we're all close in age, and I'm, I'm the middle child, so... Used to go out in the yard and, you know, play around all the time. And, you know, your parents got to sign you up for football. So when I'm eight years old, my mom is just outside watching us. And she was like, she told my dad, uh, she told me the story. She said that she told my dad that, wow, your your son is real good. Like, 
he's really good. You got to come see him. And she was like, he can't play football. So my dad kind of doubted me at first. But <laughs> then first he actually, yeah. <laughs> so then he actually came out and just, I didn't even know he was out there one day and he seen me play and he, he liked it what he seen. And he asked me if I wanted to play. I'll never forget. We were in his car driving somewhere and he asked me if I wanted to play and I said yeah and he was like if, if you sign up if I sign you up you can't quit <laughs> so I agreed and I've been playing ever since since 2003 I haven't took a year off and once you got to, when you were in high school at what point did you know like there's a good chance I can play college ball here oh man probably I mean I, my, my whole life though my, my mom and dad were on me like you know they knew I was pretty good so they were always on me, so I, I feel like early, yeah. probably earlier than high school, I, I knew I could go far with it. But once high school came and I started as a true sophomore on varsity, um, was a three-year starter on varsity, I, I really knew, like, okay, this this is getting crazy. After the offers start rolling in and mm-hmm. Division One offers and visits and stuff, it really became real life, so I was happy. And how did you make that decision in college of where you were going to go? Was it Was it, like how close it was to home or, or what was the reason for, for you going? Okay, yeah, I, uh, you know, the, the, the process was kind of tough. Uh, it was tough, actually, you know, because I, I wanted to stay closer to home, you know, so my parents could come to the games and stuff. But I actually I also wanted to, you know, see what it was around that was yeah. further, too. So I took a few visits, uh, about five or five to six visits, and came down that I wanted to go to Pitt. Uh, it wasn't too far from home, you know, being from Canton, Ohio. Went to the University of Pittsburgh, and then I transferred after two years and went to the University of Akron. So, great experience. There was there was some NFL camps in between there, but at, at what point did you see the CFL as an option for you? Oh, man, yeah. So, CFL came. So, I, was, I came in the CFL 2021. Uh, came in as a rookie to NFL 2019. So, 2019 and 2020 when I was kind of up and down, you know, on the practice squads and – you know, I was active for three games for Miami. I, uh, you know, just made the decision. I talked to my parents and I uh, talked to my agent, and I just wanted to, you know, really play and be a factor. And, you know, I believe in myself, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to continue to sit around and wait for a phone call from the NFL. So, uh, yeah, I got the CFL opportunity and uh, took it and ran with it, and now I'm here. So. Did you know much about the CFL beforehand? Like, I, I mean, I northern, northern United States, like they. No, they I have knew a lot about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, my entire life, I've always heard about the CFL. You know, uh, even being from the United States, I've heard about it so much, a lot, and it was always an option mm-hmm. coming out of uh, college. It was always something that was on my head, in the back of my head, that could happen, and I'm glad it did. At what point? did you get your first break that first moment for you in the cfl where where you maybe i don't know if it's your first play or that first hey i'm a i'm a pro here i'm in canada playing professional yeah. football like when did you realize that okay i'm in the league here? yeah as soon as i mean as soon as i touched down i was like wow you know and it, like it was so different to me like canada was different and yeah. i was just like wow like i really like it up here you know and if i can get my feet under me and really get some playing time i feel like i can do my thing and that's what I did in 21. I played nine games. So I was on practice squad for about four to five weeks. Yeah. And I was that COVID, coming off a of COVID season. A weird year that year. Yeah. So it was only like 14 weeks. And um, yeah, man, once I got my first opportunity, I got a sack and two tackles. And the next game, I got two sacks. So after that, it was it was up. Kind of started how you started here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just like to come out with a bang. Yeah. When you're yeah. not playing football, what are you doing? 
Man, probably video games. Yeah. Uh, talking to our family. I'm a, I'm a family guy, man. I love talking to my parents, catching up with my siblings and, you know, my aunties and everything. And I also like watching movies. Yeah. Uh, I work out a lot, too. Even if I'm not in a facility, I work out at home. Getting well. into work? Yeah. What movies are you watching? Like, what's your show or TV comedy. shows? Comedy. Comedy guy? I love comedy, okay. bro. I, I don't, I'm not really a, too into scary movies and horror movies. I'm, like, yeah. terrified of those. I don't like those. But I like comedy, thriller. Action. What's yeah, the number me. one comedy? Probably Step Brothers. Dude, Step Brothers. I, I was love just having, Step Brothers. <laughs> I was just having this conversation with somebody. I love Step Brothers. Step Brothers and Superbad are my yeah, top oh, two. Yeah, Superbad is crazy. Uh, man, that's so I love funny. It. Anything in, uh, uh, what is it? Will Ferrell is in, anything yeah. he's in. Anything Jim Carrey is in. So here's another uh, argument I have with someone earlier. Yeah. 90s Adam Sandler or 2000s Will Ferrell? Oh, that's a great one. It's a tough question. It is. And I just had this conversation with someone. I got to go with Will Ferrell, man. Yeah. He's, he's funny, man. He's, <laughs> he's funny. I feel like Adam Sandler, he's funny too, but he's more dry funny. Yes. No, I, they're both you know, great. They're, they're both, both amazing. Crap, yeah, yeah. But, but that's a tough question. It's I, a tough question. I think a lot of people need to be asked that. But yeah. I want to get back to football, <laughs> to yeah, football yeah. here. You're, you're now in a playoff mix. Well, you've already made the playoffs, but you're looking to get that home field advantage. And, yes. You know, it's it's... Three games remaining. Montreal and you are both looking to get home field. But what does this team need to do to worry about itself and mm-hmm. and stay on track and get as many wins as possible heading into this playoff? Yeah, just not look too uh, far ahead. You know, take it game by game, uh, block out the outside noise, and you know, just just remain and and stick together. Mm-hmm. Stick together and just. I just feel like this group is an amazing group, and you know, mm-hmm. just don't get too ahead of ourselves and just keep our head down and play hard. I feel like can't can't nobody stop us if we do that. Big thanks to Jamal, Casey Sales, James Butler, and Coach Hill for being on the show. Ticats fans, in partnership with Around the Bay Road Race, Hamilton Wentworth District School Board and Hamilton Wentworth Catholic District School Board are running the Race to the Cup presented by First Ontario. This event will promote health and fitness for 2,000 students and will be one kilometer in distance. So that'll go from Gage Park to Tim Hortons Field. So for more information, go to greatcupfestival.ca slash events. That's all the time for me today. I want to thank you for listening to Ticats today.